Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. Our youth group, G1, is now meeting Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Our Sunday morning worship service has moved to 10.30 a.m., both in person and online. We are asking that you would please RSVP for your children only by visiting our website, newhope365.church, and clicking the red button. And now, here is today's message. I, I, uh... I've been lately, as I've been uh, thinking about God and what God's been doing and all that we've gone through in 2020 and uh, a pandemic um, throughout the globe, and then your hope is with 2021 that things begin to get better, right? Right? Yeah, yep, yep. And so, and so then we get, you know, um, a lot of snow and a lot of freezing and all of that type of stuff. And then, and then we get hail um, and all of, the, all of the hail on our house. We got, new, got, got to get a new roof and all of that. And then um, yesterday I get an alert, hey, look out because the flood is coming. And, and so, you know, I'm like, oh, at least we got a kayak. I mean, um, so, so we can at least maybe survive that. Um, anyway, all of that to say is, we're not in control, are we? We're not in control. God is in control. And the less, and the more we realize that we're not in control, and the more that we realize that God is in control, the more at peace you'll be in your soul, trusting that he has things covered. And that he is faithful beyond faithful, and that he's a good father as we sang. Because here's the thing, how would you guys like it if all of a sudden we spun off again into another pandemic? Everybody would be like, oh, now we got to wear triple masks. No, but on top of that, we got to wear, wear like full mask suits. Right? I know that sounds goofy and stuff, but here's the thing, is that what's that going to do to our faith? What's that going to do to us? Our hope is not in this life and in the things of this life. Our hope is in Christ. In Christ alone. And so the church, if there's ever a time for us to continue to uh, allow what God is doing by his spirit, to cultivate what he's doing by his spirit, this is a time for the church, the body, to live out your faith. To live it out. So today, I get to talk about how we get to live that out a little bit. It's called gifts. Say, Say this with me. I am gifted. Yeah, you are gifted. Now, I, um, I ran a uh, half marathon last week, downtown Austin, whatever, and it was cool. I'm just saying it was cool. And, and some of you all have done that type of stuff in the past. And I've always looked at it like this when you're dealing with things of that nature. There are people that have abilities, talents, and gifts. I've always looked at abilities to be like me. You can get the shorts on, and you can put your shoes on, and you... You can make it past the finish line. And then there are those that are talented and they gear up and it's like they just go whizzing by you. And you're like, whoo, man, I tell you what, I would croak if I was doing, running that fast. And then there's those that are gifted that are running five minute or under five minute miles. That I'm going, not even in heaven could I run that fast, you know? And so... So we all have these different um, giftings and talents that God has, has given us. And it's, it's interesting in our culture, our culture all wants to be gifted, don't we? And, and have you ever watched like American Idol and you, you, somebody gets, gets on American Idol and they just get up and man, they think that they are God's gift to the music industry. 
And, and, you're, and you, they begin to sing and the judges just begin to kind of crouch down and kind of cringe. And we're all sitting there going, didn't anybody tell them that not only are they not gifted, they don't even have the ability to, to sing. It's so funny. People, we, we, we want to be gifted. Well, here's a great thing about being a follower of Jesus and a Christian. Your identity in Christ is one of being gifted. You are gifted. You go, well, I could never run this fast. I could never do this. I could never accomplish that. This person went to this school and they were, you know, they, they accomplished all these big things and lived, they wrote X amount of books and, and broke all these different uh, world records and I could never be that. In which God is going, that's, that's not a concern of mine so much. But what is a concern of mine is that the gift that I gave you, you actually take it, unwrap it, and use it so that it's not wasted. So that it's not wasted. And so today we, we look at um, this topic of giftings. And I've been, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, I love when a good, good father, I am loved by God. That's, that's your identity. You, that's part of your identity. We, we, it's huge and important for us to understand our identity. And I've said that we are not just, I said, scripture says that you are an image bearer of God, right? You, you are an image bearer of God. You're loved. It's part of your identity. You are gifted, what we're talking about today. And you, and you're, you're, how you image God is through what you learn in your mind, grow to understand, your heart, your emotions, and how that comes forth, image bearer of God, how you bring out those emotions, and your hands by how you love and serve and give and all of that. So head, heart, hands. And so we've been looking through the book of Ephesians, and you can turn there to Ephesians chapter 4, and and uh, we're going to look at this topic of giftings, but knowing who you are is important, who you are in Christ, and either your identity is in Christ or it's in idolatry. And what, that's what, kind of what Marcy was talking about is going, I, I want to do good. I want to seek Christ. I want to have, be passionate about that, but I kind of don't at times. And so we often slip off into idolatry, and just so you know, you're not condemned for that. You're still loved by God. But it's important for us to understand that we, when we do that, that we're living more in idolatry than walking in, in Christ and living in faith. And so God is wanting us to continue to grow in this and understand this. And we get to Ephesians chapter 4, and we look at verses, we're going to look at verses 1 through 16. And this is where Paul, just the, the, the chapter before, he's going, I want you to know that you're loved. And you, how high and deep and wide God's love is for you. I want you to know that. And Paul writes that. And then we get to Ephesians 4. And he begins to talk about, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Mind you, he's, in a, he's incarcerated for things he shouldn't be. But he is. And he's in awful conditions. And he's, he goes, I'm a prisoner for serving the Lord. Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. So God loves you. He cares for you, but now you're to lead a life worthy of the calling for which God has given to you, which all of you have a calling. All of you have gifts. And so, for, for you've been called by God. 
Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, why would you make, why would you make allowance for your faults and all of that? Be, and issues on it? Because you're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you engage a body of believers or a church that's dysfunctional, just so you know, that is not of the Spirit of God. It's a result of selfishness, idolatry. It's a result of everything else other than the Holy Spirit from God. And so, so that's how we're able to make every effort to keep ourselves, you know, be, being patient, all of this type of stuff, humble, and make every effort, then it says, verse 3, to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. In other words, there's not a lot of other options for the world, though the world will tell you there's a lot of other options. Okay? There's one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and through all. However, he has given each one of us, what? What does he give you? A special gift. Through the generosity of the anointed one, that is Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led, crowd, the, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And then he came, the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And if you're not one of those, it sucks to be you. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Their responsibilities is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You can never measure up to the standard of Christ without the Spirit of God indwelling you. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever they sound like the truth. Oof. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like the anointed one, that is Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. Okay, so talents, abilities, talents, gifts... What do you have for me? What is your gift? What is your gift? Now, for fun, I'm just going to do this for a moment. I'm going to just embrace the awkward. What is it you got for me? Anybody online, type it in. Just go like, you know, it could be I breathe really long underwater. I don't know. Maybe it's like I, I really, when I fight, I just am able to beat the tar out of people and I'm really gifted at it. You know, UFC. Maybe, maybe it's, what's your gift? Tell me. What you got? Help. What? Help. Helps. Okay. Gift. Yeah. You, you, it's a gift. You help people. Okay. What else? I can see into people. You can. Ooh. 
man, if you want to talk to Skip Ben, I, just, I, I know what you're saying. And, and it sounds, that's supernatural, isn't it? That's gifting. You can see and read. It can be scary at the same time. Especially if you're... T- so, <laughs> see, that's vulnerability, man. That's vulnerability. All right, what else? What else you got? But you can, yes, that's a gift. Encouragement. Yeah. What else? Hospitality. You actually want people to feel welcome in life. What else? Mercy. Ah, that's a great gift. Mercy. What? Hunting? Fun. I thought hunting though, that's a gift. I mean you got I mean you gotta be able to get something, right? Yes. No, it's good. Yeah. Okay. What? Faith. Faith is yes, a gift that God gives. And I would love to sit in the, the stands of the heroes of the faith and be that great cloud of witnesses. That God God says these are the ones that though they didn't see the prize, so to speak, on this earth. They trusted me and believed in me regardless. Wow. Okay, so, so what is a spiritual gift? So what I decided to do is we understand and Paul writes in multiple places in the New Testament about the fact that you are gifted. It's your identity. He, he, he um, breaks it down and he, and he gives us multiple options. And I don't think it's exhaustive though um, because I think God is bigger than, <laughs> than those few places of, of giftings in scripture. I think he could be way beyond that. But we know some to be stated in scripture and therefore we can look at them. But what is a spiritual gift? At the basic premise, what is a spiritual gift? And some people get this, uh, it's like fuzzy and confusing. And some people think that a spiritual gift is a natural talent. Like, you know, you could, you can uh, golf really well, or you can, um, you know, you're really good at, you know, natural talent of, uh, I don't know, what would be a natural talent? Seeing, yeah, somebody goes, man, I got 20-20 vision, and I'm, it's incredible, or, you know, I'm strong, and I was brave. I, I watched today, just on the news this morning, some guy that does flips, and he's, like, gone viral, and he's doing all these flips and things like that. I'm going, mm-mm, never got that one. Couldn't do it. And so people think that this is, their natural talent is this spiritual gift, like playing the piano, throwing a football, whatever. And others think that a spirit, you know, spiritual gift refers only to those who are speaking in tongues, or, um, and there's confusion in that but actually a spiritual gift is a god-given and i'm gonna put this up there for you is a god-given ability which enables a believer to effectively serve the body of christ okay and every part of that definition is important it's spiritual gifts are god-given which is why ephesians 4 says you receive your spiritual gift you don't earn it or apply for it A spiritual gift is an ability which means it qualifies you to do something you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Such as being able to see into people. Spiritual gifts are for believers only, which is why we say that they're different because you can look at somebody that's your neighbor and they're not a believer and they're incredibly talented, gifted, um, have all kinds of special skills, but these are spiritual gifts. And they're, they're given to enable you to effectively serve the body of Christ. But there are those of us that maybe serve, but we're not so effective because maybe we're not understanding our spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. And so a spiritual gift is not a natural talent. That's just, just clarifying that. And I want you to be aware. Um, 
Number two, a spiritual gift is not the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? But when you use your spiritual gift, you want to have the fruit of the Spirit coming out, which is what? What is the fruit? What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We're looking for those fruits of the Holy Spirit in us. But those are not your spiritual gifts. You know, some of you go, my spiritual gift is love. No, your spiritual gift is something different. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. It's a character quality the Spirit gives to those who follow Christ. The spiritual gift is not a ministry role. There is no such thing as the gift of youth work. The gift of writing Christian music or the gift of urban ministry or the gift of evangelizing Buddhists. They're simply cases in which we believers, what we do is we what? We, we believers use the gifts like teaching and evangelism and service and helps in a particular way. And it could be reaching Buddhists. It could be reaching artists. It could be, it could be you know, uh, doing urban stuff or working with students. But those gifts could be used in other ways. But you're using those gifts in those particular ways. Does every believer have a spiritual gift? A lot of people ask that question. So I'm asking, I'm asking the question, do you think that every believer has a spiritual gift? Okay, every believer has a spiritual gift. In fact, Romans 12, 6 says, um, and Paul writes, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Ephesians 4, 7, to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And he's basically saying, we have different gifts to each one, to each of us. And it remains, and in Romans, he uses the word gifts. In 1 Corinthians, he says, manifestation of the Spirit. In Ephesians, he says, grace. So spiritual gifts are grace, gifts, which manifest the Spirit's working in a believer's life. And they're given to each of us. So say it again. I'm gifted. Man, that is so life-giving for us to walk in that identity. And if you're sitting here today and your gift is dormant, let's stir it up. I don't know what that necessarily means, but I can tell you this. Come and talk to one of us, one of the elders, one of the leaders in the church, and we will stir it up with you. We will stir it up. Um, in fact, as a matter of fact, you probably have more than one. I think Paul had several gifts, um, apostleship, prophecy, teaching, tongues, evangelism, leadership, and even Philip in the Bible in Acts, Acts chapter 6 has the gift of service, and then he exercises later the gift of evangelism. And most of us have one or two dominant gifts and maybe several other lesser gifts, but, we are, but we're basically, it's okay to say, I have a gift mix. Have you ever heard that? I have a gift mix. And... Um, so one believer might have the gifts of giving and teaching while, you know, and, and then faith while somebody else will have this evangelism and leadership. And, okay, so though you guys get that. When are the gifts given? Uh, yeah, so the Bible isn't really crystal clear on here's when you get your gift or here's when you get, you know, your gifts. But it's kind of safe to say that when, and I try to look at it from a, just a natural standpoint and, and um, you're born, and you're born with, uh, you're, you have your, you know, genetics and the way that you're going to grow up, and whether you're going to be, you know, six foot six or four foot one or whatever, or you're going to have this skill set or not, it's, it's, it's in your line, and, and so you're, you really, when you're born, you're born with these things, and then they, you grow and develop. In the same way, I would say that at conversion, when you come to faith in God through Jesus Christ, is when those gifts are deposited, though, though you probably aren't aware of them at that time, 
maybe some of you are, but eventually they begin to be exposed and eventually they begin to be exercised and eventually you begin to go, wow, that's really good. And hopefully when you go, wow, that's really good, you understand why it's really good. It's the spirit of God working through you in that gift. So why are the gifts given? Why? Well, that's the big question I said is just as each of us, Romans 12 says, uh, has a body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who, who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. And so it's, it's you guys get this and many of you, this is, ba- this is basic 101 and, and so forth. But understand that oftentimes we don't talk about the fragmentation of the body and that there's brokenness sometimes in the body because people are broken and they need a healing touch. And I'm not, just, I'm not talking so much from a I'm sick, but a standpoint of um, not fulfilling the call that God has given them. And so the hand isn't working with the arm and the ankle's not working with the foot and, and it's broken. And so there's, that's why I think there's so many, many gifts. Some are, some are teachers, some are givers, some are helpers, some, some pray, are prayers and some evangelizers and some organizers. And, and, and some of us will look at, look at that and go, why, why do they care so much about lost people? Sounds awful, doesn't it? And why would you say that? But there are, come on, we're human. We, we think they just want to go out and win everybody for Jesus. And then you got somebody over here going, they, they can organize something and you can give them one one word and they can make nine pages of organization from that one word and we're going they're killing me why they're organized but it's a gift that god has given for the body so uh i love this i've heard it put this way when god got ready to organize his church he didn't set up a dictatorship with the pastor as the head he also didn't set up a democracy where everybody had equal say in everything When God got ready to organize the church, he set up a body with Christ as the head. And each Christian, as a part of the body, spiritual gifts, then enable the body parts, you and me, to function correctly. So, that's why the question, what is my spiritual gift? It's so important. So, unless you know the answer, you'll you'll never be 100% effective for the kingdom of God unless you begin to understand and develop that. I know that sounds kind of like intense, but it's something that we, and, and here, here's what I would say to you today. I don't want to overcomplicate the kingdom of God. It's really simple. It's just asking and allowing him to reveal to you and, and you doing some reading, but don't overthink it. Oh, am I going to go to hell because I'm not functioning within the gifting that God has given me? Nope. But when you're, when you're working to serve the Lord in whatever way, he will begin to reveal to you what you're good at and what you're not. And a lot of times he uses the church to help you figure out what you're not good at. Right? Right? Somebody can come and say, you know, you probably ought not to sing. You know, or, or you probably, honestly, it was great that you thought you could teach. Not so much. But boy, does that take a lot of love, doesn't it? And a lot of grace. So it's kind of like, as I was thinking about today, it's sort of like taking one of those big offensive, offensive linemen and putting him out at wide receiver. If you, if you guys know anything about sports and so forth. And he can't run, he can't catch. His hands are like bratwurst. They're like bricks. And, and all of a sudden, you know, he's out there and you go, why can't this lineman catch anything? And why is he not good at it? 
And, but you put him at the, at the left guard and he's right at home because he was born to knock people down on their backside. <laughs> so, and so it's like people are, there are people that are really good at different things and you guys get it. And I think it is the responsibility of the local church, um, us leadership, to encourage you to discover your spiritual gifts. And that's part of what we've been doing in our life group on Tuesday nights. That's some of the stuff that some of our life group shepherds are going to be looking at as we go into um, the fall of, of this next year. We're going to be helping the body at large um, continue to work and develop this. And uh, so it is our responsibility. Um, I would say it's an ob- obligation given by God so that the church can reach its effectiveness. Okay, how many gifts are there? How many gifts do you think there are in the body of Christ? Just roughly, just give me a number. Not right or wrong, I'm just curious what you think. How many gifts? Nine. Okay, not bad. Seventeen? Seven? Okay, so honestly... It's so divided as to what the number of gifts and so forth. I mean, I have people, as I've been reading over the years in books on theology and and writers of it, some people say 14, some people say 16. Uh, Guys like Chuck Swindoll, who I wouldn't be, I would refudiate him. I'd be like, so he says 16. Um, People, some say 17, 18. Uh, Peter Wagner, who I've read years of his resources over, says there's 27. And I'm like, well, what is it? And I would tell you this, I don't know. All I know is that um, don't worry about it. God knows, and he'll use you in the way that he wants to use you. So there's things, I'm just going to hit these. Leadership, faith, discernment, wisdom, knowledge, evangelism, teaching, pastoring, exhortation, apostleship, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, miracles, and healing. These are now spiritual gifts from the Father. So, um, there's one more question, which may, you know, are the various gifts of, uh, of these spiritual gifts in the New Testament meant to be exhaustive, suggestive? I think it's just, um, I think they're suggestive. I don't think it's exhaustive. And some people wonder, is there actually a time when spiritual gifts, like for instance, I was raised that, that the gift of tongues, and I'm not going to break them down, get into all of that right now. The gift of tongues and interpretation ceased at the end of the apostolic era. Anybody ever taught that way or raised that way? Okay. I, yeah, so I'm not, yeah, you, you, you were taught that way. And, and so, man, I, there was all kinds of fireworks in my house over those types of giftings growing up. Um, I just came to the conclusion, I'm like, who am I to say, if, <laughs> if I lay hands on you and pray for you and you begin to speak in another language, I'm going, man, you need to just shut up. <laughs> you know, you're goofy. Well, you might be goofy, but who am I to, con- you know, the, the, fact that, the fact that God has given you this gift. Who am I? If he wants to use you in a certain way, and some, and, and, and all of a sudden you're like, well, you're not on this list. You're like, I know. I'm special. So it's just interesting. So how God has given us these different spiritual gifts, and there may be others that are, are not mentioned. But I, I think that this stuff can be extended out, and I'm, I'm curious as to what God will do in and through your life. And why, why should you attempt to discover, um, the sixth question I'm asking myself is, why should you attempt to discover your spiritual gift? 
Um, first, I would say that it's to clarify God's will for your life. Where you're to work, what you're to do, how you're, how you're to function within the body of Christ. Now, I can say this is that you're out in the business world or you're in the school, you're, you're out doing these different things. Understand that the natural talents and abilities and gifts, God's going to use you in those areas through your natural giftings and bright mind and whatever. And then when you come into the body of Christ, you're developing the body of Christ. And why is it important to develop the body of Christ? Why? So to, to mature in Christ so that you can just be a big, fat, mature person? So that you can grow up and so that the world will hear and know of your love, Christ, in you so that others can come to faith in Jesus Christ. So we go, oh, are we just going to be a little holy huddle and all that? We can have holy huddles and great moments and all of this stuff and we should get our giftings and we should exercise them together. But we're to grow up in, 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 into Christ-likeness so that what? So that the world can be impacted and that people that are lost will be found broken whole and those that are searching will find the way, the truth, and the life. This is huge. So your spiritual gift is you're using it, but you're doing it with the hope that the person's going to, and you're, you're using that to grow the body, grow the body, grow the, grow the body, to what? Huh. Discover your, to clarify God's will for your life. And then number two, you, by discovering your spiritual gifts, you benefit the whole church. And that's the point of Ephesians, in Ephesians 4 when he says exactly how your spiritual gifts help the body grow from that, from him it says, that is from Christ, the whole body, that's the church, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, that's you and me as we work together in the church, grows and builds itself up in love. That's the end result. As each part does its work, that's the key. The church is the body of Christ. Christ is the head, and we are the joints, the ligaments, the bones, the muscles, and we exercise these things. And that is God's plan for church growth. Each member uses their giftings, and it builds up the body and it impacts the world. Number three, by discovering your spiritual gifts, you glorify God. I love what 1 Peter 4, verse 10 through 11 says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So God is glorified when you yield yourself to him. And um, have you ever thought about this? That God has no hands in the world except your hands? God has no feet in the world except your feet. You're the body. And if you are the body, what's your responsibility? Ask. Ask. Okay, so what steps then should we begin to take today? And this is what I'm going to wrap up, and then we'll, uh, in just a moment, be done. This is what I would say um, if you're wondering, and, and because I don't have time to break this down for you, and we're continuing to go through the book of Ephesians, um, this, here's just some, some general things you can read. You can read. And if you don't like to read, you can get it on, on audio. And um, so first of what steps should you begin to take today to understand your giftings, to, to begin to move towards understanding it, um, you can read. And I gave you there, there's four key chapters, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Now, if you're going, I have no idea where those are in Scripture. 
literally, there may be somebody that goes, I, I wouldn't know how to get there. At any, then just see me. Email me, Jason, at newhope365.us or one of our elders or whatever. I would love to engage that and, and have you go there so that you can read and see what it is that God, the giftings that God may have given you. So, and, um, so those, that reading is really good. And beyond that, there are several good books that over the years, and you might even have some personally that you've read. Um, and uh, so here, here's a few um, that will help you along the way. 19 Gifts of the Spirit, okay, by, by uh, Leslie Flynn. She thinks that there's 19. Unwrap Your Spiritual Gift by Kenneth Gangle. How to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts by David by, I'm sorry, by uh, Clyde McDowell. Dynamics of Spiritual Gifts by William McRae. One of my favorites. Your Spiritual Gifts Can Help Your Church Grow by Peter Wagner. Read it years ago. And any of those you can get, you can get them on Amazon. You can download them to your, any of your electronic devices and it will help you on that journey. Um, we're going to be walk, working through, and some of you have already heard this, we're going to be working through um, uh, ministry site called destiny finder and uh, that's something that we're going to be doing in groups and we will probably be doing that collectively as the body of christ but those are things that you can go and and check out to help you and then you can pray ask god to show you what spiritual gifts he has given you and this is what i've often prayed god would you open my eyes to see where i'm missing things where i'm not seeing would you open my eyes and would you take away my selfishness because my selfishness keeps me from wanting to utilize my gifting? Because the gifting usually involves other people. And it means that I'm going to have to serve. Help me, God. And so I pray. You can ask. And this is probably the most important step. Go to several friends. I've thought of this over the years. Go to leaders. Go to friends. Go to family members and, um, who know you well and ask them to tell you what your spiritual gift, what spiritual gifts you think you have. In fact, that would be, it would be great if right now I just take a, took a moment and I said, hey, would you turn to somebody and go, hey, here's what your spiritual gift is. You might be shocked. Maybe not. Maybe it would be a big problem. <laughs> your friends, uh, I think, have evidence of the spiritual gift at work in your life that you never even considered. Um, all right. I'm going to stop there. Bow your heads, close your eyes, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up today. Lord Jesus... Ephesians 4, I'm thankful for what Paul has written to the church, not just the first century church, but to the 21st century church. I'm thankful, God, that, that you have, um, in salvation, in our salvation, when we've come to you and we've repented of our sins, invited you by your Holy Spirit to come, invited you to come and indwell us, that along with that, you bring gifts. And those gifts are not meant to be dormant. Those gifts are meant to be used and exercised. And Lord, I pray that they will be. I pray that, Father, the church will rise up like never before, that, that we will realize that unless the church, the feet move and the hands move and the body moves, that literally then we're just like dead weight. And God, may your church never be just dead weight. May we be in motion to glorify your great name. 
to touch the world and impact one another, to, to help each other, spur each other along when somebody's down, to lift them up, when somebody's broken, to help them become better, and when, when people are needing to grow spiritually, that we will cultivate into all of those things when there's something, when we see that something needs to be done, whether it's on this, on this, on this property physically or maybe it's outside of this property for each other, that we'd go, yep, we're stepping in, we'll pick it up, we'll do our part, and we're not going to look around and complain Somebody else isn't doing theirs. We'll just spur each other along and we'll do it in love. Help us, Jesus, to live this out. (laughs) To live it out. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, if today you don't know Jesus, if online you don't know Jesus, the gospel is that if Jesus came and he lived a sinless life and he went to a cross innocently and he died and he rose again and conquered death, hell, and the grave so that you could come and know him, be transformed, and inherit eternal life. And if that's any of you in this room, or if that's any of you online, the Bible says that you can repent of your sins, ask for forgiveness, and invite Jesus to become your Savior and your Lord. And if you do that, he is sure to save you. He is sure to free you. He's a faithful God. And I pray that right now over any of those listening, that they would do that, and that they wouldn't hesitate in God, touch anybody that will hear this message even after this moment. It's all for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to dive deeper, join Pastor Jason on Tuesday mornings at 1130 for the TruthCast on Instagram Live. And of course, you can access our sermons, devotional series, and podcasts, as well as music and lesson videos for children and families right from the New Hope 365 app, available in any app store.